of things and make you sing and tap your little toes. Oh, oh, I wanna know. Hi, everybody. This is Chantel Lopez, and I'm here with my co-host Deborah Colway. Welcome to another episode of the Thinking Pilates Podcast. Hey, Deborah. Hi there, Chantel. <laughs> we are. Technically, this is our um, third podcast in what we think is going to be just a three-part series around breakdowns and breakthroughs, and um, tonight we're going to be talking specifically about uh, our relationship to self-care and self-practice and how that relationship is indicative of creating space or how we create space for ourselves, and we'll clarify that particular point Um, in a bit. But this idea of how we are nurturing ourselves and how we're meeting ourselves in any given moment um, is really a reflection of how we will or can go through um, the intensity of a teacher training program and also how we we navigate the road ahead, um, our teaching journey ahead. So we, Deborah and I have been in lots of conversation around this topic, and I think it's going to be really interesting and hopefully valuable, um, but we'll let you be the judge of that. What I'd love to do is have us jump in in this place of self-care, self-practice, and I mean, we'll just use those words interchangeably or, or know that that's what we're kind of doing, um, and what our relationship to that uh, does to foster space for us. And, and I want you to talk about it in the way that we've been talking about it. Cause I think it's really, um, it's really brilliant and it makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to let you dive into that to get started. All right. Um, well, what I've been paying attention to both in myself and the people around me is the, the, the reactions that happen and how we then feel about ourselves relative to, well, any situation, but the situations that come up around, I guess you could say, our feeling of confidence and self-worth or not self-worth as new teachers or anywhere along the path of teachers. And I've started to really try and track if, in fact, there's a relationship to this idea of how we do take care of ourselves beyond just um, eating well or getting enough sleep or uh, making sure that our day, trying to make sure that our day isn't overwhelming, etc. We had talked in a previous podcast about um, support, you know, and finding Mm -hmm. support for ourselves in the different points along along the path, whether it's in the program or, or beyond the program. And we spoke a little bit about how important it was to have a, a point person, uh, somebody who we thought of as our teacher mm-hmm. or mentor or, you know, somebody with whom we had trust and, and felt comfortable. And I, and I believe that absolutely. Then I just started to think about how the people that I've known who seem to have confidence and a kind of a sturdiness that keeps them going 
when there when there are obstacles or upsets um, are the people who do a lot of their own practice. And I know we've talked about this too, the whole concept of self-practice. Um, even with regard to my clients over the years, I've noticed that the people who come to lessons and then go home and then come back and say, hey, you know, I tried... I tried this this way, or I'm gonna. I, is it okay if I do it this way, or what about using this prop, or uh, or they come in excited about the way that they related the Pilates to things in their everyday life, this kind of thing. Those are the people that progress faster. Those are the people that seem to really, um, yeah, progress. Progress, you know. And then similarly, the people that I've noticed. As students, the ones who are able to spend more time working through the material on their own and then coming back for the lessons and having the questions or, you know, being in the symposiums or what have you, they do seem to me to be the people that end up with, I don't know, like a reserve. It's a reserve of confidence. It's a reserve of experience. They are less... um, to get confused or thrown by um, a variety of clients. And then, of course, as ongoing teachers, as teachers who are, who are in the field for a long time, um, we, I feel like those are the kind of teachers that, that also um, bring the most and can... Um, can handle a variety of situations and not get thrown off the off the horse, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I want to go back for a second with regard to the whole self care, self practice, breakdown, breakthrough. Because what has led me into this talking with you about all this is that it's inevitable for there to come these moments of self doubt. There's, it's inevitable that we're going to bump into a situation that that stumps us. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, it, it, of course we can go to somebody else and ask for advice or study a little more, but, um, you know, we're always going to hit walls of confusion. We're always going to feel like we don't, there's always going to be times when maybe we feel like we don't know enough, stumped by a client with something that's different, um, getting into some kind of unfamiliar territory. But I think that, the time that that we've spent exploring and really getting into our own experience um, and using ourselves through that exploration is kind of like the the petri dish um, is a very is a very powerful thing to help us um, tolerate those moments of confusion tolerate those tolerate those times when we don't feel our best, like we're on the top of our game or whatever, because because when we're when we explore with ourselves and we take the time to do our own practice and we and we really get into it, we get into our own experience, our own feelings, and ask the questions from that place. We again, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing. It's like we develop a tolerance for holding questions, for having questions, for actually not having to have the answers right away. Yeah, and being. Okay with taking time, and that 
is, I'm doing this in a pretty roundabout way, I'm sorry, but I feel like that that is what really, that's what builds the confidence. And this issue of no space and speediness comes, I think, from this feeling of pressure that we have to know, like, we have to know right away. I have to have the answers right away. And it's it's unrealistic. It's, yes, you can teach the order, you can teach the method, but when it when it when you hit that wall of I don't know what to do here, it it doesn't have to be a problem. It's a problem if we panic and we panic because, you know, we think that there's something wrong with us, we're not worthy, we don't have the right to be there teaching that person. When in fact that same scenario could not be a problem mm-hmm. if our physiology and our nervous system was tuned to being okay hanging out in the space for a little while longer mm-hmm. and, you know, even being able to say, I I really appreciate what you're going through. I feel like we can, you know, have this lesson, but I'm really going to have to do a little research or talk to your doctor or, you know, mm-hmm. what I'm not, I'm just making this up as I go, but yes. you know what I'm driving at? It's this panic that sets in. Yeah. And I believe that the panic is a, is a symptom of the speediness and the pressure that we feel in our lives because we don't have any space in our lives. Yeah. Well, let me, and it's actually, physio- it's actually like physiological almost. It's in ourselves. Well, yeah, I mean, certainly I feel like there's no separation, right, between the emotional, psychological, and physical experience often that's all just so deeply intertwined. So, I mean, it's a place to anchor. And then, of course, we're talking about physical practice, um, you know, and care, really nurturing as as a way to cultivate this sense of space. And there's a couple of things that I'm thinking about, like I'm kind of interpreting what you're saying from my own experience, which I feel like that's probably what everybody that's ever listening to anything does, right? We take what we hear and then we interpret it based on what's relevant to us. And what what resonates with me is that this sense of space, um, uh, when there is space, there's self-reliance. I said, like, this is what space means to me when you're talking about it in this way in relationship to how self-care and self-practice cultivate space. Um, It's self-reliance. It's ownership, right? It's personal responsibility. Um, It's uh, it's like a willingness to uh, develop uh, the person, to, like, develop myself as a human being um, and to be compassionate um, it's a willingness to be uncertain, which I think is a big, big issue, right? For many of us is that there's so much fear. And as you said, you know, panic around not knowing is very difficult mm-hmm. for us to be, um, in that place of not knowing or be in that place of uncertainty. And ultimately it's the difference between being responsive which to me is spacious, right? It's open, mm-hmm. it's willing, it's an ability to see that this doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of skill. It doesn't mean that I, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm lacking in skill or that I'm lacking in, um, you know, the tools that I need to be here. What it means is I have an opportunity to get really curious 
about this and to see where else this might take me as the teacher and the student. So it's the space is like it, it, it promotes responsiveness rather than reactivity, which is that yes. panic driven anxiety, self-deprecating self doubt spin out. Yep. Right. Um, and yeah, and the curiosity is the thing that one can build in the self-practice. It's not going to happen as much when you're, when you're waiting for the teacher or somebody else to tell you how it is all the time. Absolutely. You know, this, um, you know, this thing of, uh, you know, what it's like when you're teaching and you have clients who they're constantly saying to you, is that right? Yeah. Am I doing it right? right? Is it right? And I've always thought, Oh, what am I doing? That's, um, teaching them to have to ask me that all the time. How yes. can I teach them differently so that they, they tell me what's right. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, so spending that time with ourselves in that place of curiosity and then being able to hold. There's a couple other great words you use, which I didn't write down fast enough. Um, <laughs> you know, to be able to hold something for a bit of time, you know, so that that's where the self-reliance comes, and I, and I call it confidence. You know, it builds the yeah. base for the confidence. Yeah. And it's um, it's it, it's and it's scary because we we want to be sure, and yeah. it's not it's not a like um, you said a willingness to you know be to train our to, to develop ourselves as a person and everything. It's also like a a willingness to to have compassion for ourselves in the sense that there's a tenderness and a a care, like actually self-care in the sense that <laughs> we are human beings who we're never going to have it all together. You know yeah, what I mean? There's, yeah. it, it, it's a, it's like a, a it's like a, a sale, a used car salesman, you know, kind of feeling of I'm going to do the training program. I'm going to be done. It's all going to be Okay. And then I'm going to go forth and be great. Yeah. Um, which is, is um, that's pretty um, tough stuff. And so the the care, self-care, literally even like developing that kind of compassion for our own um, ups and downs such that we understand that that's, Whatever comes up for us is the exact kind of thing that's going to be coming up with our clients. That, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so... You know, the, the, cur- yeah, the curiosity and the... And yeah, I think, uh, I think you really define space beautifully yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, you know, and so, like, to draw it back to uh, uh, breakdowns and breakthroughs, which is, of course, just a very natural process of progress right. And evolution Mm -hmm. and learning. I think it's so it's, this is, uh, you know, no, in no way to say that we're trying to avoid that process, but really to be comfortable, right. Or more comfortable in that process. And, and perhaps that the breakdown is less jarring, um, than, than it might be. Um, and we talked about, um, you know, I think there are a couple of things that I'm kind of spinning, uh, with, but, one thing is that um, 
when we are not in that place of having created space, when we are not spending time deliberately nurturing ourselves or provoking curiosity, um, we don't, there's no opportunity to cultivate care, right. Or compassion. Mm -hmm. There's, there's like, um, and I think that what you and I have privately talked about is this idea of expectations. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's relevant to this piece because we, um, expectations are fine, right? It's fine, but it's the, um, the uh, utter attachment to meeting the expectation that it makes the breakdown so much more intense and so much more uh, that throws us off center so far, right? And maybe even totally off track. Um, but when there's a gentleness around, uh, oh yes, look, uh, I've had an expert to acknowledge like, oh, my expectation was that this was going to be a certain way. And now I see that it's not a certain way. And so I'm going to be with it. That takes space. I'm going to correct course that takes space, right? And space is cultivated through self-practice, self-care, right? Exploration, curiosity, all these things. So it's like a, it's a, you know, there's a chain reaction. There are all these things that lead right, to, right. you know. Well, all and the it. chain reaction too, like of the, if you're, because I, this is also like what happens is that we don't realize we're in it. We're in the breakdown. Yeah. You know, I call it, just to keep using the same word. And we are so quickly triggered that we do a series of things either in our mind or out loud quite quickly that then makes a whole bunch of other stuff show up. Yeah. And sometimes we can be pretty far, like you said, we're thrown off track, right? We're thrown off center. So we can be pretty far off to the side of the track having gone miles down the road to the wrong town (laughs) before we even think to stop and say, wait a second. Yeah. What, what is happening here? And that's, and and then we realize, oh, there was an expectation that wasn't acknowledged or something that didn't quite line up. Yeah. And the problem, and that's to me the, the issue of speed and no space. Because it wouldn't be so terrible if we had the breakdown, right? Right. That would just be one thing. That would be like, I took the wrong exit, I realized it, I got back on the highway going back the other way, and I fixed it. But because we're just running at such a high frequency, we go many, many exits down the highway. Yeah. You know, and say all kinds of bad things to ourselves about ourselves in the process. Yeah. And maybe even involve a whole lot of other people. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so by the time we get back on track, it's a much bigger thing. And then we, you know, it's a much bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's this ability to recognize sooner. I think that makes the difference between this building of things as a problem versus, yeah. as you said, an opportunity. I and, mean, you know, these are like very... Uh, everyone uses this kind of language these days, but it's, it's, it's true, you know, I mean, well, it is that's true. the choice, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, as cliche as it might sound or overused, I mean, it just, right. there's no, there's no escaping that one version of this is reactiveness, right? It's, it's, yep. it's, it is panic driven. It's, it's assuming the worst. It's, you know, it's, it's like I said before, you know, it's self deprecating. It's, 
I must have done something wrong. I haven't met the expectation. Well, it's like versus being responsive where there is time to see that, oh yes, life actually is a myriad of experiences. And it's not unreasonable to think that I would have one that I wasn't expecting or that this would be different than what I was expecting or that sometimes it's going right. to be great and sometimes it's going to feel like shit. <laughs> it's like, you know. You well, know. right. But it's kind of like, oh, I got on the reformer and I'm starting to do chest expansion and I forgot to change the springs. Right. And I either can't move the thing and I don't know what's wrong with me or I start to fall on my face. And if I'm responsive, I can catch myself. Yeah. But if I'm not, I could hurt myself. You know, yeah. so that's like the analogy from a very physical. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, I really, really appreciated what you said about self-care um, and, and compassion and just this kind of acknowledgement that, you know, we're human and we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to meet every, uh, you know, set expectation, whether the expectation is set by ourselves or by our culture or by our, you know, people in our lives, right? Because I feel like expectations are set by different people, different situations, and we have them, you know, on different levels. Some of them we're conscious of, some of them we've set ourselves, and some of them we're not conscious of. But regardless, um, you know, it's like this this ease to be with the experience. And I think that uh, you have mentioned, maybe in just our individual conversations or in a podcast, I can't remember, about the relationship to reality, right, that there is... Reality is not meeting our expectation. There's this argument of it should be yeah, some like other way. Yeah, what's actually happening. Yeah. Like the, the, the space between our expectation, like I, I even like I'm going to go do a workshop. You know, I sign up for a workshop and I have an expectation that it will be a certain way that I'm going to learn a certain thing and then suddenly I find myself there and what's actually happening isn't quite lining up. And so I, again, have a choice. I either can get all kinds of negative things, you know, or I can stay curious. I mean, it's it's over and over. It's how you describe it. And, um, it's the, it's having the space. If I'm in, if I'm in this kind of perpetual sped up, place where everything is so important and I've got to get it all lined up just right so I can do the next thing, et cetera, et cetera, I can't handle the fact that maybe this was the one workshop that I thought I was going to sign up for this year and I'm spending my only $400, you know, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and oh my God, it's not delivering. That is a very, you you know, you can feel that, right? and. But if the if the life that we learn to lead is not that way, then there's the potential for some positive thing to come out of this situation. Yeah. I mean, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm not making a comment on some people having four hundred dollars and some people not having the four hundred dollars. I'm just talking about the situation of yeah. you know using an analogy of um, you know these kinds of expectations that, that get us in trouble when we find uh, that the, then what's actually happening in the moment is, is not lining up. And, 
if we have space, then there can be a relationship made. Those two can come together. Yes. Those well, two realities. The two realities can come together. Yes. My expectations and what's actually happening, yes. as opposed to them having to be at odds with each other. Well, I think you said there is something really pivotal to me that you said that I feel like if we're going to draw these, let's draw the connection, right? It's like, okay, the reality of life is that it is fraught with ups and downs. And for, for one, if we have an expectation that it's always going to be a way, one way, particular way, the way we want it, then we're starting out, uh, setting ourselves up for disappointment and, and very much, you know, maybe not being able to handle it well. Um, one way that we can prepare for that is to take time to care for ourselves in this way that we're talking about in terms of self-compassion. And then in relationship to the Pilates practice and our teaching is to practice the work ourselves, which in yeah. that environment, it's, it's the specific opportunity to, um, get curious and to be with the experience just as it is, because there's there's rarely anything else like the physical experience to get us really sharply aware of what's happening, right? There's, there's not a whole lot of, uh, hemming and hawing or, or gray area when it comes to like, Oh, this either feels good or it doesn't feel good. Right. So I feel like that's what we're trying to draw the connection and the power of self-care and self-practice to creating space and for me, the thing that... And training we, ourselves to be able to recognize. I'm sorry to interrupt, but actually that's a process too. Right, to the so awareness. Many people don't know how to recognize what feels good or what doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, just to piggyback on that point, something you said earlier, which is if we're constantly either telling ourselves what the experience should be like or what we as teachers get very good at is telling the student what the experience should be like rather uh -huh. than getting them to evoke their own understanding of the experience, mm -hmm. the, the self-inquiry of what does that feel like? Does that feel like the good, the right thing? Does that feel like the right spring tension, yada, yada, whatever, right? Turning mm -hmm. that, that to me is as a teacher, one of my responsibilities is to cultivate that, that awareness in the student, right? Not to be constantly telling the student what they should be doing. Yeah. So, but right. but the, the whole concept of uh, student-centered versus directed, right? Exactly. Style. Exactly. Yeah. And it's a process too, because, like I said, our culture is a whole other conversation. <laughs> Don't get me started. Um, our culture <laughs> doesn't it doesn't help train us, right? For that kind of thing, we again, you know, it's like coming back full circle. Many many people come to us with absolutely no desire or no no perceived desire to um, know these things. Right. They just want to be led, and, and that's not a um, critical thing. It's it's just the way it is, and and that that takes time too. Over time, people develop a curiosity. It doesn't happen naturally. So you know, again, I'm a little off track here, but. That's where the form is valuable. That's where the method is valuable because it does give us a structure within which to start playing around with some of these little, a bit more elusive kinds of concepts. Yeah. It, yeah. Because it doesn't just kind of pop 
popped out of nowhere. Right, right. Um, um, well, yeah, and then, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say the one thing that you said that I think might, it, to me, is so powerful is that your example of showing up for the workshop that I think uh, is choice, right? It's either, it's the acknowledgement of it's meeting my expectations or not. And for many of us, there is, there's no space for choice, right? There's no space to I, go, oh, yes, this is not what I thought. This feels a bit disappointing. Oh, that's interesting. I can either get really upset about that. I could storm out. I could, you know, write a bad review. Whatever I might be thinking I could right. do to get, you know, back, you know, retribution for not meeting my expectation. Or I could have the space to actually choose to stay open and to stay curious and to see what there is in it for me. You know, what's, yeah. what's going to be unexpected, right? And get yeah. and get kind of, you know, excited about that. But so uh, ultimately, uh, I don't know, there's something about having the capacity for that choice is ultimately, ultimately linked to space for me in terms of what we're yeah. talking about. So, yeah. You know, and, and as we go along through our, uh, you know, our careers as teachers, you know, we, we are confronted with those moments where we have to choose to stay present and to stay open or, you know, to, or we don't. And then, as you said yeah. before, when that happens, we often make, a, you know, a mountain out of a molehill kind of thing. Um, being yes, and then, and then, you know, because I know we're going to be wrapping stuff soon, it's like, and then what do we do with that? You see, that's the next thing. It's like, aha, all right, here I am again. I miss again. <laughs> you know, I'm five exits down the road. Okay, I'm going to miss the meeting or whatever it is, you know. What do I want to do right now? Do I want to then start a whole other mess of beating myself up about it? Because mm-hmm. I thought I had learned that. I thought I had gotten better at my whole relationship with expectations. I thought I was giving myself more space, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's that's another rotten hole we can fall into, you know? Mm-hmm. Once we start committing to, it's almost more upsetting, you know, when you feel like you fall off the wagon. So, Well, yeah, and... and- just- got to get up again, you know, just, okay, because that's the same thing, you know, that we're, it's like we're, we're meeting ourselves in every, in every client, in every class, um, we're all doing the same thing. Well, I think, uh, you know, perhaps this is the perfect point to bring it back uh, completely to the beginning, which is that even in that, in that situation that you're describing, you know, we thought we were doing better. We thought we were progressing and yet we find ourselves in the same place in that moment. We can still choose, right? Yes, exactly. And that's practice, (laughs) right? I mean that ultimately that's what it is. That's what it is to practice is that we make a choice to, to show up in that moment, even if it's not the moment that we wanted to show up in, Right. right. And, and so it's like there's this parallel between yeah. that and that's also what we do with the physical practice. So so one supports the other. We show up every time, you yeah. know, Wednesday at two thirty, you know, whatever it is, the day and time we set our physical practice and we show up again and again, no matter what it's like. And and yeah. it's it's that choice to show up 
and it's just, it feels like it's just the same thing because it's ultimately just all a practice. And sometimes we're, pra- you know, sometimes we're doing it and sometimes we're not. And sometimes we're doing it and sometimes, sometimes we're not. Sometimes we can't get there at Wednesday at 2.30. Right. You know, because the baby's sick, right? Right. <laughs> and so, or the car broke down or something. And so then you, then there's other choices to be made in that moment. I mean, Yeah. Well, great. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's, it's, it's really great. So my, my hope, and I think probably your hope too, um, would be that, uh, not, not perhaps, uh, necessarily beating this topic to death, but, um, in, in our subsequent podcast to be in discussion with a teacher who is interested or willing to share their experience with this, who who is a bit further down the line in their teaching career. So we invite you to get in touch with us and let us know if you would like to be that person, because we would love it to be you um, and Mm -hmm. to chat with you about this. And you can contact us at thinking Pilates podcasts at gmail.com. Um, and that's, I think, going to be a wrap for us for tonight. Thanks again, Deborah. And um, yeah, thank you, Cynthia. I hope I hope pretty fun conversation. Yeah, it's it's really great. It's really great, and I hope it was interesting and helpful to those of you who are listening, and that you pass it on. All right, that's yes. it for now. Okay. All the things that make you sing and tap your little toes. Oh.